0: Good morning it's good to be back here in Indiana and I feel so privileged and so humbled to open the Word of God this morning with you I want to begin by telling you a story that I'm not proud of an episode of my life that taught me a lesson In 1988, Romania was still under the hardest communist regime in Eastern Europe, the dictatorship of Nicolae Ceausescu. During that summer, the communists asked me to fill in some papers in order to be recruited in the army, as all of the people of my age, 18 years old, were required to go into the service. There was a certain section in that paper that had to do with my personal faith not long ago i had become a christian but i want to be honest with you i was a struggling christian i struggled with fear and shame i was afraid of what the communists would do to me if they find out that i'm a christian and uh, i was ashamed of those around me what they would say because in romania the evangelicals were publicly mocked for their faith so uh struggling with shame and fear that's exactly where satan attacked me in filling those papers i was asked to um, write down if i was a christian and what kind of a christian i was and i simply wrote orthodox christian a very uh, nominal category of christians in romania which meant nothing for the communists the truth is that i lied I did not tell him that I was a repenter, repenter being the name given to evangelical Christians. I hoped that I could hide my identity and escape my consequences, but I didn't. When God is God and sin is sin and in a world governed by God, when you sin you pay and you just can't expect things to get better and they did not go better for me. I ended up exactly where I feared the most in a militarized labor camp because they found out from one of the 700,000 informers the communists had that I was a repenter. And I'm not proud of that episode of my life. But this brings me uh, and to you a question. Why is it that so many Christians today fall into the trap of fear and shame When it comes to sharing their belief in Christ. What are we to do in order to overcome fear and shame. Obstacles that often paralyze our passion for Christ. And make us inert, mute, guilty and ineffective Christians. What are you to do to fulfill our fourth pillar. Proclaiming with boldness the good news of Jesus. Because some of us. Don't do it at all. Well, turn with me to Luke chapter 23. And let's learn from the life of someone who lived for years in fear and shame for his fate, But one day, he conquered it all. His name is Joseph of Arimathea. Jesus is on the cross. He just died. And in Luke 23 chapter, in verse 49, we start reading... All of his acquaintances and the woman who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. And here comes verse 50. Now there was a man of the council named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council and good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. Well, let's stop here. And let's take a look at who was this Joseph of Arimathea and learn from his experience. Let's read how he is described. Verse 50. Now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member, underlined, of the council he was a member of the council and we know that it was not just any other council but a council called sanhedrin the supreme court of israel there are only 70 senators elected in the sanhedrin from the whole nation and joseph was one of them actually mark the evangelist speaks of him as being a prominent member of the sanhedrin in other words he was somebody secondly Joseph was recognized to be, look into the text, a good and righteous man. Good as he's seen in his character and righteous as he's seen in his faith. In other words, good in his relationship with the people horizontally and righteous in his vertical relationship with God. He was not just the ordinary type of a guy. Thirdly, Joseph was a just non-compromising man how do i know that look how the text continues verse 51 he had not consented to their decision and action the decision of condemning christ and the action of crucifying him jesus did not associate in him himself joseph with their crime against christ he was a just uncompromising man and fourthly he was a man of faith the text says He was looking for the kingdom of God. When you look at him, you may say, hey, this is a a perfect man, a perfect believer. Well, not so. This highly respected man, this person of great reputation in character and faith, wise and uncompromising, was someone who was deeply afraid and maybe even ashamed of his faith in Christ. How do I know that? Well, John says in chapter 19, verse 38, look at the screen. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was one who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and underline the phrase, a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews. Joseph had a problem. The same problem that some of us have. The same problem that I had. Fear and shame of showing publicly my faith. Now why is that? Why do people fear or are ashamed of showing or publicly speaking about Christ? Well, some people are afraid because they fear to lose their position. And that is true. In Romania, in communism, if you're a true Christian, you could hardly get into a university or hold an office or make a career. In school, you're often put to shame or fired from your job if you're a teacher. And Joseph knew that in his times, that same risk was abiding. He would probably lose his position, and of course he was afraid. But Christians are also afraid to short their faith because maybe they're gonna lose their prestige, their reputation. In Romania, when you became a believer, you automatically got a name, repenter or pokait. Everyone will know you from now on, uh, not for who you are, but for what you stand for. Oh, yeah, he's a CEO, but hey, you know, he's a repenter. He's a student, he's an athlete, he's an artist, but hey, he's also a repenter. And that changes everything. A university prof, who's also the CEO of several businesses in our town, joined my small group and became a believer. Now, he was a youth communist leader for many years. His father was basically a member of the Maria Donare Nazionale, which was the communist Sanhedrin of that time. One day this guy calls me full of joy, he tells me, Christian, you won't believe what happened to me. I came to work and one of my directors came and criticized one of my employees and at the end he said with a mocking tone, you know, that stupid woman, she's one of yours, a repenter. And I was full of joy. Because I realized that finally the people in my company got the idea that yes, I am serious about my decision to follow Christ. And they start to call me a repenter and associating me with them. And I'm so happy. And he went on to say, you know, that guy did not realize that day that he gave me the greatest compliment ever by calling me a repenter. I don't think Joseph was too happy To speak about his faith. That's why he decided to become a secret disciple of Jesus. And place his light under the bushel because of fear and shame like many Christians do today. Now, thirdly, some Christians are ashamed of Christ because they are afraid to lose their popularity. How can you be cool when you don't drink, you don't sniff or have sex like others around you? You mean to say that you don't ever cheat or lie that you are a a 20 year old and you are still a virgin you don't swear ever Uh, are you a religious fanatic are you a Taliban are you one of those of the right wing (laughs) my older daughter Fiona had to go through this when she entered the fifth grade she was mocked she cried a lot and wasn't easy for me as a father my wife had to go back when she went back to France, her native land, after 10 years spending her mission field in Africa with her parents. In France, when you enter college, the sophomore class had the freshman go through a ritual called the initiation ritual, at least at their time in that space. In most cases, this ritual required very moral actions to be performed in front of the entire class cheering for you. And she refused and obviously if you refuse you let down the entire class and you lose your popularity right from the start and it's hard because no one like to be put to shame or at risk to fear for his position for his prestige for his popularity but see satan will seek any opportunity to make you hide lie or deny your identity in christ remember he did it to peter Who denied Christ three times. He's going to do it for you. He did it for me. Because his main job. His purpose. His essence. Is exactly this. Do you know what Satan means in Hebrew? The accuser. The adversary. Why? Because this is what he does. He opposes believers. He tries to find any possible way to accuse you. To make you fear and be ashamed of your faith. That's why he intimidates you or finds people to mock you. Do you know what his Greek name is? Even better, Diabolos, literally meaning the mocker, the slanderer. Because his mission is to slander the people of God and make them turn their back on him. Look at the cross, look in the text. There are no disciples around Jesus except John. Why is that? Because of fear. One of them actually ran naked through the bushes in the garden of Gethsemane when they came to arrest Christ. Because he was afraid. But interestingly enough, when everybody hides and runs away from Christ, there is one who steps in and comes to Christ. And that is Joseph of Arimathea. The one who was hiding his faith from the public eyes for years but the one who today wants to break free and publicly come out with no fear or shame in the name and for the name of christ and if you are one of those who like him struggle with fear and shame i want you to take a close look at joseph of what he did in order to break the cycle of fear and shame how let's look into the text If you want to break your cycle of fear and shame, first you must understand that true faith demands courage. True faith demands courage. Faith is not the opposite of fear, and some say. Faith is the courage to confront your fear. Every one of us have fears, and that's normal. To have the courage to confront fear. That's faith. And this is what Joseph of Arimathea did. Mark chapter 15 verse 42. And when the evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council. Who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And underlined the, the phrase, took courage. In other translations, he boldly went in. He gathered up courage and went to Pilate. Why? Because true faith demands true courage. And Joseph that day made the decision to gather up his courage and boldly go to Pilate and ask for the body of Jesus. Now, Now why did he need courage? Wasn't he one of the most highly respected people of the Sanhedrin? Why did Joseph need courage? For at least two reasons. One, because of the Roman law. According to the Roman law, those who were crucified lost their right to be buried. They had to be left hanging on the cross and be eaten by birds or animals or thrown into the Gehenna, the place where the people dumped their trash and it was burned. Joseph had the courage to go and ask Pilate, the man responsible to uphold the Roman law, to let him bury Jesus and therefore break the Roman law. And that was courageous, especially in the light of what just had happened. And here is my second point. Joseph needed courage because of the Sanhedrin. If you remember that same day, Pilate was threatened publicly by the Sanhedrin to have Jesus crucified. John 19:12. Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, (laughs) If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. In other words, you don't want to crucify him who opposes Caesar and makes himself a king. That's fine. Caesar is going to find out and you're not going to be happy. And when he heard that, the Bible said, Pilate took his seat at the Gabbatha, the Judgment. Place and condemned Christ to be crucified. Now think with me. One of these hiring members of the Sanhedrin, the group that just threatened Pilate, is coming now to ask him for a favor. How dare he? But Joseph did. That's why he needed courage. Why? Because true faith demands true courage the moment when you don't look around you but you look straight at him and take a decision that from that day on you're gonna stay take a stand walk say or do something for him look nine for whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels True faith demands courage secondly true faith demands a price Luke says in our text, verse 52, that man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and Joseph paid the price of his dignity. The verb used in our text and translated, he asked for the body of Jesus, in the original is not a common word for, used for asking a request, but rather begging someone for a favor and for a jew to beg a pagan and for a highly respected dignitary to beg the favor of another official implied much humility and joseph paid the price of dignity and some of you pay because of your standing for christ adi was one of the top mafia guys in our town used to walk around with eight pounds of gold around his neck no one could touch him because he was one of the most fierce street fighters in our town, doing illegal traffic of everything you can imagine. He's been in prison several times. When he first came to our church, a police officer who was a member in our church came to me and whispered to me, Hey, do you see that man who just walk into the room? When this guy walks into a room, he only comes to either kidnap, either uh, cause trouble or hit somebody. What should I do about him? And I said, Don't do anything. I invited him to come. Every Thursday for months, Adi has been sitting in my living room, in our small group, in word and prayer. And Adi came to know the Lord and change his life. This next picture is the picture in his day of baptism. When his friends heard that he wants to be baptized and become a repenter. They start mocking him. On the day of his baptism, the newspapers, the blogs, the chats on the net, were full of insulting comments against him because of his decision for Christ. And let me tell you, that wasn't easy for Adi. Because he was known in town to be brutal. If anyone involuntarily touched him or looked at him, Adi will just beat him up. But now that he is mocked and provoked, Adi endures and prays. Why? He lost his world dignity. But he has won Christ's respect. And there are times in our lives... When we will be put to shame because of our faith there are times in our lives when we need to manifest deep humility because of our faith joseph had to beg a pagan for the body of jesus the price of humility but joseph paid another price the price of his popularity position prestige i'm sure that the son Heather found out what joseph did because the bible tells us that He himself climbed on the cross to take the body of Jesus down. And that means in public, in front of everyone who watched. And there was a direct blow against the Sanhedrin and their decision to get rid of this blasphemous false Messiah and let him rot. More than that, if you look attentively in the text, there was the day of Passover. That's the most important feast for the Jews when all of the sacrifices took place and everybody wanted to be pure and acceptable for the ceremonies in the temple. Now Joseph touching the body of Jesus, taking him from the cross, touching a dead body becomes unclean according to Numbers 19. And it was forbidden for him to participate in any ritual, sacrifices or ceremonies of Passover. Such a crucial Jewish celebration. But see, Joseph did not care. He's ready to sacrifice his religion, his position, his prestige, his popularity for the sake of Christ. This is Niamtsu, one of the best paid hitmen around our region. He was the finalist of the national heavyweight boxing tournament fought in k1 a tough martial art competition gained a fabulous reputation he's been on many shows on tv even posing for playboy gaining lots of money doing a lot of dirty deals when he met christ he radically changed and renounced of everything for his sake and i mean everything because of his reputation and police records no one would hire him he got to a point where he became so poor that sometimes he had to eat uh, to eat uh, bread with mold on it. This is happening while some other friends of his were calling him to come and do a job. And I was—he uh, was in my small group too—and they would call him and would we'll put him on a speaker. I give you ten thousand bucks. You just have to show up. You don't have to do anything. For one gesture, for one minute, you get ten thousand bucks. He didn't do it. And because of that he lost a lot popularity position prestige and sometimes for your faith you're gonna lose much even money because your faith sometimes demands you to pay the price of material things look at joseph joseph used his money to pay for jesus verse 53 says that when he took him down He wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. And Matthew tells us that the tomb was Joseph. And that's an important detail to notice because in those times, a tomb carved in stone was very expensive. And Joseph gives it to Christ. See, there are situations in your life when your faith requires you to sacrifice money for Christ. You can't lie, you can't cheat, you can't steal anymore. And if your lifestyle was to cheat and lie, for sure you're going to lose money. Another mafia guy told me last January, I asked for God for this year not to give me money. If he knows that I will use them as I did before I came to faith. Because some of you will lose money when you come to Christ. Some of you will give money. And that's another way to sacrifice and you get to know Christ. Joseph did. He gave Christ not only his tomb carved in stone, but look at this a very expensive linen for his burial, the price of material things. And some of you may want to do that for your church right now, or for other needs in the mission fields. You've seen that video, you can help us with a donation for one for our church building and get a gift as you go out of this service or you might want to be part of our construction team this spring coming there for maybe a week or ten days if you're a carpenter or a painter or you want to, or you know how to do drywall some people in our church make huge sacrifices right now to have this building being done some even use creative ways like this old ladies who make homemade noodles every week and sell them for a dollar fifty each month they made an average of 300 bucks. Look at all of the uh, crates full of noodles. Each week since February. Why? Because they know that they don't give it to a building project. They give it to a vision that honors God. And when you honor God of your money, as Joseph did, God will reward you greatly. And Joseph knew that. He sacrificed his dignity, probably his position in the Sanhedrin, even his belongings, his resources, taking steps of faith, of true faith, because true faith demands courage. Faith pays a price. And lastly, true faith demands a public testimony. There is a trend in post communism, sorry, post modernism, you guys don't live in communism, that says <laughs> faith is a private matter. <laughs> You shouldn't talk. You you shouldn't, uh, you know, speak. You just have to manifest your faith by your actions. Well, that's true. Actions are important. But biblical faith always is manifested in public. By action and by words. That's why John adds this detail about Joseph of Arimathea. That he was a secret disciple of Christ. Because this was something unusual. It was awkward. Look into the book of Acts. Christians get persecuted and even killed because they just cannot shut up their mouths. It would have been so much easier to be quiet and live their faith by actions, not by words. No way. After years of keeping his faith undercover, here is the moment that Joseph comes out. And he publicly shows everyone his devotion to Christ Conquering his faith and shame. Question. Are you afraid or ashamed of Jesus? Are you willing to take a stand for him? You are privileged not to be persecuted for your faith. But it's going to come. If you don't take a stand for Jesus today. When you are still living in a free, not threatening country what would you do when the persecution will come i learned that lesson that day when i had to sign that paper for the communists i don't want to repeat that lesson you don't have to be in a communist country to be asked to take a stand The accuser is going to start with small daily routines where you don't have to deny Christ just to feel uncomfortable and tempted to hide your identity or compromise your Christian values. Don't pray in public. Don't read scripture in the train. Don't speak to others about your faith. (laughs) If today are afraid or ashamed to do these small things, what will you do when the slanderer will take... Extreme measures against your faith. When you'll have to endure persecution or public humiliation for your faith. It's going to come sooner than you think. Do you know that daily the international bulletin of missionary research says that there are estimates that an average of 170-200,000 believers face martyrdom for Christ every year. That's between 450 to to 550 believers Every day, between 18 to 25 per hour, that's almost every three minutes, a believer faces death for his faith. The same faith that you and I have. Are you ready for that? Will you take a public stand for Jesus? Joseph finally did and overcame fear and shame and took a stand for Christ. Aya is a person who came to faith against the will of her family. They hated Christ so much that they cursed her because of her faith and sent her into slavery, where she was tortured, sexually abused, wounded, and threatened to be killed unless she renounces her faith. One day in the middle of our persecution, we got an email from her. Listen how she ended it. This is the cross of my destiny. But I have him, I have Christ. And I will bear with dignity my cross for him until he decides to take me home. Now this shook me to the core. Since then I started to read, to read very differently the words of Paul when he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. If I was not ashamed, I'm not going to be ashamed. Why? Because I choose. There is a choice. I choose not to be afraid, not to be ashamed. If Christ was not ashamed to die naked in public, spit on and slander for me on a cross, I'm not going to be ashamed of Him in front of my friends, colleagues, neighbors, enemies. Because He's my King, He's my Lord, He's my Savior, my only Savior. If He was ready to die for me, why should I be ashamed to live for Him? Joseph realized that and took a stand that day, a public stand before the Sanhedrin of this world. Before Satan, before men and angels, before demons. That is not going to be ashamed or afraid anymore for Jesus. And we, we should do the same. Take a stand. I think it was enough that Satan kept you bound in shame and fear for so many months or years. I think it's time for you to take out your light from under the bushel. And put it on the mountain for all to see it. You cannot be secret anymore about your faith. Christ has saved you. And he's here to free you and make you leave a testimony for him. Do you want to do that? Are you ready to say, God, I want to be free, free at last from fear and shame? Are you? Well, let's bow our heads in prayer. And I want to be very honest and frank and simple at the same time with you. If it's anyone here who, like Joseph of Arimathea, is struggling with fear and shame, but today, he or she wants to get rid of this satanic chain and live openly for Christ and testify for Him, if you are one of them, I want you to take a stand where you are. It's a matter of choice. To testify. To take a bold statement for Jesus. Publicly declaring your decision that you don't want to live in shame and fear about your faith anymore is anybody here struggling with this as I did stand up where you are and remain standing maybe you want to give your life to him but you couldn't do it till now because of the same reasons a fear of shame maybe it's time for you to quit fearing And be bold. And give your life to Christ today. If you want to confess him. Confess your faith in him. Take a stand. And listen carefully. Because he will do the same. Matthew 10 verse 32. Everyone who acknowledges me. Confesses me. Declares publicly his faith in me before men, I will acknowledge, confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Father, please forgive us for the moments, weak moments. When we were afraid or ashamed of Christ, your Son. But Lord, give us the power and the courage to break free. And to take a stand with arms high and heart abandoned. In awe of the one who gave it all. Because Lord, you gave it all. We want to declare today that we are completely, totally yours. Help us to take a stand for the sake of Christ.